Yo, have you heard of LinkedIn Learning? If you haven't, LinkedIn Learning is an American massive open online course provider. It provides video courses taught by industry experts in a variety of subjects. Now, why am I sharing this? I'm sharing this because Living Corporate is in partnership with LinkedIn Learning to provide diversity, equity, and inclusion courses. Listen, if you're trying to be a better ally, you want to understand better diversity, equity, inclusion strategies, or you just want to learn how to be a better leader, you got to check out the courses on LinkedIn Learning. So check it out. You can do it one of two ways. You can click the link in the show notes or you go to LinkedIn Learning and you search Living Corporate again. Link in the show notes or go to LinkedIn Learning and search Living Corporate. I'll see you over there. What's up, y'all? This is Zach with Living Corporate. Listen, I am so excited because in a couple of weeks, that's right, in a couple of weeks, in a couple of weeks, in a couple of weeks, Something new is coming to Living Corporate. Okay, so I will share more next week. But for now, just know something new is coming to Living Corporate. Hopefully you hear it in the tone of my voice. Uh, You know, you just hear me talking, you know, what I'm saying like I'm so excited about what's coming later this month. Y'all have no idea. So the best thing you can do is subscribe to our newsletter. Of course, if you listen to this, you probably already subscribed to the podcast. But if you don't subscribe to the podcast, make sure you're staying up to date. Follow us on Living Corp underscore pod on Twitter or Living Corporate on Instagram. You know what I'm saying? Check us out on all the different social medias. We're also on LinkedIn. Like, make sure you're plugged in because what we have coming. (laughs) I'm so excited Um, to that end. You know, this this is going to feel like a really harsh, like, like pivot, but it's not. One of my favorite rappers when I was in college is Two Chains, right? Um, Two Chains is actually like the person that put me on to the brand um, that we're gonna be talking to today. We're not talking to a brand. We're talking to the the uh, the VP of HR DEI over there of this brand, True Religion, right? Um, and so I'm really excited about the fact that like we were able to sit down with Teresa Watts, who is the the VP of, of DEI and HR and talent at True Religion. I'm so honored to have the opportunity to speak to her and talk about the ways that True Religion is uh, continuing to create an equitable place to work. Make sure you check out this conversation. Like it's a really good dialogue. And you know, what excites me about Living Corporate continues to like empower and energize me is we don't come on and do a song and dance for y'all. We're having authentic, candid conversations about the experiences of historically marginalized people at work every day. We're not leveraging a bunch of white language that centers white sensibilities and white sensitivities and white uh, perspectives. We're actually just talking to black and brown people about the things that we as black and brown people go through. And when we have white folks on the podcast, shout out to people like Xander Lurie, we're still going to talk about black and brown experiences and ways that those white individuals can leverage their access, power, privilege, capital to support a more equitable place to work. So again, like really, 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 I'm not even gonna say pumped because pumped feels like really, um, what's the word? hype beastie. I'm not gonna say pumped, but I will say I am very excited, right? And truly thankful and grateful of where we are and what y'all are about to see and experience and like what we're all gonna go through together. like. Again, announced later this month, but then like continuing forward, right? Um, 
anyway, <laughs> I can't even stop smiling. Like we're going to eventually turn this to like a video thing, but that'll be, we'll share that another time. I am smiling so hard. Um, the next thing you're going to hear is the tap in with Tristan. Shout out to Tristan Layfield, Layfield resume. Um, continue to make sure you show Tristan some love. If you have questions about career management and growth, you need to listen to Tristan. Like for real, tap in with Tristan. He has his information in the show notes and he has his own segment on the Living Corporate Podcast. So like make sure you're tapping in with Tristan, not just by listening to the segment um, and taking his advice, but also by reaching out to Tristan for career advice and resume help. Because Tristan is that guy, for real, Trip. He's he's the man. I wouldn't, I'm not just saying that because he's a part of the Living Corporate community. Seriously, I'm a huge Tristan fan, so make sure you check him out. So look, we're gonna tap in with Tristan, then you're gonna hear my conversation with Teresa Watts, VP of People, Talent, DEI, HR, over at True Religion. All right, talk to you soon. What's going on, Living Corporate? It's Tristan, back again to bring you another career tip. This week, let's talk about when to take jobs off your resume. Many of us have heard the rule that after 10 to 15 years, you should take experiences off of your resume. I used to give this advice too, but now I don't think the experience you should include on your resume is as cut and dry as the rule tries to make it out to be. In conversations with my clients, I focus less on the time limit and more on the relevancy. When we are writing our resumes, we want to focus on providing the most relevant experience and skills in the shortest amount of time. So during my intake calls, when we get to those experiences that are 10 to 15 years back, I always ask, does this role contain a relevant skill set not already represented by a more recent job? If the answer is no, then we discuss either completely removing it from the resume or putting it in an additional experience section with only the job title, company name, and dates if we still want to showcase the background or career trajectory. But if the answer is yes, then we have a conversation on what skill sets that role showcases that differ from recent experiences, and we keep only that portion and ditch the rest. Now, some people, resume writers and career coaches included, don't necessarily like this advice. They may believe that this begins to create gaps in the resume, and to that, I would say that completely removing anything 10 to 15 years back already creates a large gap between college and the first employment experience listed. They'll also say that if the skill set is 10 to 15 years back, that it is probably outdated, to which I would say, if that's the only place that represents the skill set, then why risk the chance of not getting the job because you omitted it? Remember, there's no one right way to write a resume, but the purpose of your resume is to show the employer that you can help them solve their problem. So drop your attachment to certain parts of your experience if they don't fit with where you're trying to go, and keep them if they do. Simply focus on how you can make yourself relevant. This tip was brought to you by Tristan of Layfield Resume Consulting. Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Layfield Resume, or connect with me, Tristan Layfield, on LinkedIn. Welcome to the show. How you doing? I'm fine. Thank you for having me here. How are you today? You know what? I am okay. It's a very loaded question. So much stuff going on. You know, living right. corporate. We talk all about. We center center amplify black and brown voices by talking about really yeah. real topics. Sometimes it'd be kind of a downer. So I don't know. I think yeah, I'm alright. You know, it's like that's kind of like, like I'm okay. Um, so Teresa, um, look, you've you've had a a fairly like diverse career. You've taken different paths. Had to reinvent yourself. You know, I, I recently read a profile on you that was a little, a little older, but talked about your your entry point into true religion. 
like I'd love to learn more about you know your entry point into this particular role and why like what led you to take this role here well I think to sum it up I've recently discovered that I just like chaos and I like um, I, I like to be in the middle of confusion and everything and you know that works well for me yeah. But unfortunately, I am one of those people who get in the center of it and I perform well, but then I complain, oh, this is crazy. But um, the path that led me here is just that, you know, always working for organizations that were possibly just starting. Um, they needed some type of infrastructure something was missing and they needed someone to come in and build it. And that was me. So then when I was approached by True Religion, they were um, going through a restructuring. And so, and, you know, all restructurings everywhere, not just religion, can be chaotic and stressful and fraught with drama and everything. And mm -hmm. so they explained that to me and I went, okay, you know, I'll do it. And, um, you know, obviously, you know, I, I always loved the brand, you know, from growing up on the South side of Chicago. And when I couldn't um, wear it then, you know, my parents wouldn't buy it for me. So, it was coming to an organization that I've always loved, that I've, you know, always been enamored with, um, into a situation where I'm thrown in the middle of the fire and I can help them um, restructure some things that they definitely needed. But see, so you said you said you're, you you like chaos, you like being in the middle of confusion, things, but you you don't like chaos for chaos' sake. I would imagine it's it's the ability to create clarity in that chaos. No, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. I am one of those people who I, I'll see a problem, I'll see the, the, squig, the squiggly lines, mm -hmm. and I'll go in and say, oh, I, I see it clearly. I can straighten that out. I can lead you in the right path. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, recently someone, I was explaining something else, another part of my life to someone else. Mm -hmm. And um, she said, oh, you're like a, a lighthouse. And I go, oh, really? Mm -hmm. And they go, I go, how? And they go, well, what does a lighthouse do? And I said, well, God ships in the night. And they said, well, that's what you do. Mm. And this is someone I was talking to and I, I was explaining my background and again, why I like true religion and why I love what I do and who I do it for. Mm -hmm. And then she came up with that. And once we started explaining, she started explaining to me, I go, oh, wow. Okay. I never put that together, but I love that description of me, a, a lighthouse. Now, um, can I be honest? You know, like when the, the main thing because um, that I think about when I hear true religion is two chains. Do y'all have any type of like relationship with two chains? Do y'all like do any sponsorships and stuff with Well, you know what? Uh, we do consider two chains to be a part of our family now. And <laughs> I, I think that he considers us to be family as well. But um, even after, you know, we um, did that concert with him and sponsored that for him. Yeah. We also partnered up with the charity that he started and he owns there in Atlanta. And we did a lot of, um, a lot of events with them for with the, for the children, back to school events, um, uh, feeding the homeless, and food mm. donations and things like that. So, and we have uh, some other things that we want to present to them as well, so that we can continue the partnership. But yeah, working with him was the best, and working with his team was the best as well. So, no, we're we're joined. <laughs> I love that. I, I, I just remember, I remember like in college, I think it was like coming around. Oh, it was, it was sometime. It was some time ago. But listen to his mixtape, like, oh, this, because this is when I was just learning about who he is. Mm -hmm. But so, quick aside, the craziest, incredible, creative rap line I've ever heard is from Two Chains because he said, um, "Matching rollies, his and hers, 
matching Ferraris, his and hers, go to the zoo and say, pick a fur, Teresa. I go to the zoo and I say, pick a fur. How country is that? That's so crazy. Anyway, uh, too too crazy. So, uh, but that leads me to a really, that actually leads me to my next question. You know, you're in this space, you've taken on this executive role um, in the, you know, again, I, I wouldn't say we're in the height of it, but in a season where diversity and inclusion is getting a bit of a resurgence, um, I'm curious, like, what does it look like for you to uh, encourage or influence or straight up lead true religion to be the most equitable place possible? Okay, let me tell you a little story first that I honestly hadn't shared with anyone yet. And I was going to sort of somehow put it on LinkedIn um, mm-hmm. next week. But so I've lived in this neighborhood for like 20 or so years. And um, and I've always felt safe, I've always felt comfortable. I'm the only person of color here. And it's been like that all this time. And I'm fine with that. I go to the beach in my neighborhood. You, you see a few of us, you know, that kind of thing. And I've been fine with that. I've always felt safe. So now we're in this, you know, starting, you know, last summer and everything, um, this racial upheaval that ran that you can somewhat say is a race war. Mm. And so, and I still felt, okay, I'm okay. So last weekend, the same beach that I went to, um, that I've been going to for the past 20 years, someone called me the N-word, just um, unsolicited and everything. Mm. So when I heard it, I knew that there was a, when everything going on, I knew that there was a chance that this would happen. But I've been sitting at, we've been sitting at this bar all day, just drinking, having fun, going back and forth to the beach, just having a good time with everyone there. So it was shocking that it was just unprovoked to, for this lady to just call me that out of the blue. So the first thing I did was I stood there and I'm like, oh my gosh, did I just really hear this? And um, I, feel, I feel the trauma coming on. And so oh. everyone else around me, non-people of color, they did. They came to my aid. They were my allies. They wanted to fight her. And they were yelling at her, oh, blah, blah, blah. And it was going back and forth between them. And in the midst of all of this, I'm standing there with all of this swirling around me. And what I could think about is, one, I can't believe that just happened to me, even though I knew there was a possibility. Two, I can't clown her like I would have liked to, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, going back to my South Side roots. Mm -hmm. And because I'm thinking I don't want to be on the news. Right. Um, I don't want to lose my job. Right. And let's just be honest. Um, if I had reacted the way everyone else around me was reacting, the non-people of color, it would have looked poor on me. Right. I would have been fingered as the aggressor or right. as this angry black woman mm-hmm. who didn't know how to just walk away. Mm-hmm. Or somehow I did provoke it, even though I hadn't, I hadn't. Okay. So that was the weekend. So I had to go back to work the next day, right? And I'm thinking, and the whole time, I'm looking in the faces of everyone that I've been working with for the past year and a half. And I'm holding on to this trauma. I'm not going to lie. I'm hurting, okay? I'm the head of diversity for this global organization. And this happened to me, and I'm hurting inside. I have to go to work and help the employees and do this. And I'm looking in the faces of people that I've been working with for a year and a half, and I'm saying to myself, who are they really when I'm not around? Who are they really on the weekends 
Um, when they run out of this office, what are they really saying about me? So all day, all week, I've been grappling with this. I've been hurting, doing my job successfully. Of course. Um, yeah, exactly. Helping other employees successfully. So for me, work should be, or our environment at True Religion should be, and, and I think we are evolving to that, and that's where we are now, a safe place where there, you may be experiencing some trauma, but I want other employees who can who can say, hey, listen, Teresa, for example, you're behaving, you're a little quiet, quieter today. You're behaving a little bit differently, or you're questioning things that you don't regularly question. What's going on? What happened? And I didn't get that. And I would have loved to share the story. So when I talk to other employees and they have shared stories like this with me in the past and I've had to coach them or I've had to coach their managers or mm -hmm. uh, other leaders in the organization and how to deal with this. It's for me, that's opening up a way to listen to the employees, uh, opening a way for the employees to share their experiences, whether good or bad. And I think that's what it takes. Um, and, and, and that forms a bit of allyship. I talk about allyship a lot. You know, I, I did feel a sense of allyship that day at the beach when I was when that word was thrown at me. But I want that, you know, in the workplace, too. So if you don't normally ask your employees, how are you feeling? Um, are there any concerns or what support do you need? Then you won't know. And I don't think that as an organization, you aren't ready or you aren't willing to listen because you know, it, employees want to share things like that. So if you're creating a safe space psychologically for employees to just come in like, oh, you won't believe it happened to me. And they know that you're their ally and they're going to support you. Um, then you're not doing the right thing. So I think at True Religion, we are doing that. But I think also as well, I think it's about leaders knowing that in the light of everything that's going on now and everything that started last summer and before then, you got to know that our employees are dealing with some type of micro traumas every day. We talk about microaggressions, but what about the micro traumas that employees are feel or that surface every day in employees? Mm -hmm. um, just by, I don't want my employees to look at their non, the work of their counterparts mm -hmm. that are non people of color and, and wonder what they're thinking. Um, yeah. who they are on the weekends. But I do want the employees that are not people of color to understand that that may be what's going on in our minds. So you got two different mindsets going on in the workplace every day. And we, we each need to understand each other. And the only way to do that is to open up and have these open, honest dialogue sessions and listening sessions so that people who like me, who are, I'm still hurting, I'm still healing from that. That happened less than a week ago. I'm still hurting and trying to heal from that so that people like me can um, comfortably still come to work and be myself and say, okay, hey, that happened over the weekend, but I'm at work today. I'm around friends. I'm around people who are my allies, who appreciate me and, and know how hard I work and know how smart I am. And regardless of my, the color of my skin, this environment, true religion right here is where I feel comfortable. Phenomenal. Um, yes, thank you for your answer. You said a lot there. Um, I'd like to move forward a little bit. Um, we're in this season, of course, they call it the great resignation. Some people are calling it the great reimagination or the great renegotiation. 
some people are calling it a giant fu, like whatever. But the people, the point is, is that um, we're in the season where people are moving around. I'm curious, like, what do you think the future of retail is like? When it like with the Amazons, like these other digital shippers, like becoming bigger and bigger, like, what do you see as like the future of brick and mortar, and like how it relates to just like careers in this industry? Well, I, I think that just like businesses have to evolve, people need to evolve. I think you need people need to stay abreast on you know the changes in the environment that may propel them to go back to school to learn something different or to network differently and things like that. Yeah, the future of brick and mortar is uncertain right now. Um, however, I, I and yeah, we are moving more into e-commerce. That's just the life. That's just what it is. So, but I don't think brick and mortar is going to go away 100%. There's still always going to be people like me who like to go in and feel the fabric and go into the stores or that, that type of thing. But I, I, so I, with that being said, the future of retail, um, I'm pretty, I'm still pretty certain about it because I think that businesses can change and evolve to adapt to how people do things. And I think that uh, how, in the way that we're moving more into e-commerce, I think that that will just make brick and mortar, maybe businesses with 500 stores, maybe they'll just have, I don't know, 200 stores. Maybe they'll just have 100 stores, that sort of thing. So it won't go away completely, but we will need to adapt the way that we do business and employees will need to adapt their skill sets. Um, are you not computer savvy? Well, then, hey, listen, you need to strengthen your computer skills because we're hiring for this e-commerce person or e-commerce team right here. And we want to keep you, but you don't have the skill set. So I think it's going to just take um, everyone listening to the external changes and evolving. So. I love that. Um, you know, the speak, speak again, kind of staying into this, like the industry talk, you know, this next generation of worker, really like my siblings, are, yeah. you know, they're really like posed to be like the most diverse, socially conscious, so uh, politically active and aware slash opinionated uh, workforce we've ever encountered. And I'm curious, like, what do you believe, like not just true religion, but like these the the fat the retail space needs to do to like attract and retain like this highly diverse uh, workforce coming in right now? You have to listen to everything that they say. Listen, and then a lot of times they may not articulate their needs very well. You have to learn how to interpret it. So, for example, we sent out a survey to our employees, a diversity survey. Uh, what would you, how diverse do you think true religion is? How, how can we fix it? Anything that you don't see that we're doing correctly or how can we improve? And everything was centered around sort of to like one of your points, centered around being more socially aware. Uh, we understand that you guys are doing um, charity and you, but how can we get involved? What can we do? That type of thing. So you know, and we listened immediately. Immediately, we went to where uh, into diverse communities, um, to a diverse organization to figure out how we can help the diverse um, individuals in the in that community. Mm -hmm. So we partnered with an organization where um, we we were able to participate in a um, a softball game, a charity softball game. And, but it took all the employees coming out, all the proceeds in the, the students were there from diverse high schools, you know, in inner city in Los Angeles. There were like 
I think, think about 100 or so students that came out, four or five different organizations, and we played softball against them to raise money for them. But the, the but we were in their neighborhood as well playing. But then the important part is the employees were there with us playing softball, talking to the students, mentoring them, teaching them, talking to them about internships, talking to them about how they got to where they are, how considering their background, which is the same as the students are, are in right now, Considering that background, how they got to the organizations that they're right now, how they got into that position. So and they loved it. The feedback was just phenomenal. Um, that was last Friday. So Monday, everyone came back sore and excited. But everything they said was, thank you for letting us participate. Thank mm. you for letting us meet them. Mm. So what we're learning is, you know, um, you know, the older generation, myself and older, we're learning that, you know, employees don't want to just sit back and have you tell them what what you've done or what they will do. They want you to go to them and say, what ideas do you have? OK, mm. do you want to run that? Do you want to participate or how can you help? They also want us to help other people, which I mm. love that about them. They're very socially conscious, very socially aware. And if we don't do it, they're going to let us know. Where did that money go? <laughs> um, this And they come to us all the time. I, I'm doing this on Sundays with this charity. I'm doing that. How can you help my charity? How can you help my organization? So I, I love that about them. I love that. Um, you know, Teresa, I, I think about, you talked a little bit earlier about, you know, it's important to listen. You've said that actually a couple of times, just listen, like being a place where you can hear, where you can receive feedback and you can act. And I'm curious, you're a black woman in this space and in a space that is, that has just like virtually every other, other industry in America and across the globe, deep histories of racism, discrimination, disinclusion, outright exclusion. What does it look like for you to show up as Teresa and advocate for yourself in majority white spaces? You know what? It looks like it looks now like it, this conversation. I'm always me. Um, I'm very authentic and people can tell you that um, I don't have time to be someone else. And I know that we I, and you know this as a, a black man, we always talk about this one face that we have at work and this one face that we have at home. Yeah. And to a certain extent, you know, everyone has that and mm. you have to have a certain level of professionalism at work that you don't need to have at home uh, around your friends and your family. But at work, I can't work someplace where I have to come in and pretend like I'm not me. Like I'm not Teresa from the South side of Chicago. Like I didn't struggle and work hard to get here or like everything is rosy or I can't or tell you that honestly, I don't believe that there's an underlying meaning to what you just said to me or mm -hmm. underlying meaning to your behavior to this action that you just took. I'm going to point blank ask you, what did you mean by that? When you did or you said that, what were the implications? How is this negatively impacting me? Was this intentional? Mm -hmm. So it's, and that's how I'm always talking to employees. One thing I'm, I'm very proud of, and I can pat myself on the back of this, my team and everyone else that I work with, they know that Teresa Watts is going to be Teresa Watts. I'm going to tell you how I'm feeling. I'm going to ask you how you're feeling. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to tell me how you're feeling. That's the only way as a black woman I can show up. Um, yeah. Are there times, let's just be honest. Are there times if something happens and I go, man, you know, is this because I'm black? Mm -hmm. Because that's just 
you know, it, that's just the reality. You have to think about that. Mm-hmm. But um, I, unless I can be myself and tell you how I feel, which I always do, then I wouldn't be I wouldn't be successful. So I can't be successful in a space where I can't be me. So if you allow me to be me, I'm I'm going to be me. But me is a lot. So you have to be ready to take it. <laughs> OK, so follow on question that is you is me is a lot. I definitely that resonates with me as well. I'm, I'm very similar. Mm-hmm. How do you. How do you know when a space just isn't for you? And like, how do you make that determination? Like, hey, you know what? This is no longer aligning with X, Y, Z. It's time for me to exit. Like, what are the signs for you? When um, you and honestly, too, when you're in it, you feel it. You know what I mean? That mm-hmm. you know exactly what I mean. But I would say some of the obvious signs are uh, when you're being told that you're too much. Like I've worked in organizations where I've been in I work places where I've been the only black person and I've been told, well, Teresa, you can't run this organization like you run a Fortune 500 company. Like, why can't I? You know, it's the same initiatives like every there's a roadblock everywhere you go, you know, and you know that you're doing the right thing. You know that you're being that this has been successful there and you know that it can be successful there. There's a robot. You have no allies. No one's on your side. Hmm. Um, Everyone else is being heralded and put up on a pedestal for doing things like uh, showing up and, (laughs) you know, and you're not being heralded or put on a pedestal for doing something that's very good, you're not getting that same recognition. Let's be honest, Zach, people give you cues. You know, people tell you when you're not wanted. So you're on a team and and you're doing just as well as everyone else and you're not getting the accolades and the recognition and the promotions and the raises or whatever else that comes with the accolades and recognition. They're telling you, we don't want you here. And there's sometimes that you're not going to change people. Sometimes you're not. Sometimes you can change an environment. Sometimes you can't. But you have to look within yourself and say, is this worth the fight that I want to fight? Or is it time for me to just move on and be someplace where I'm wanted? And my mom always told me, listen, don't stick around when people don't want you Mm. uh, because they're going to do everything in their power to make it uncomfortable for you to leave. So. Yeah, you know, I know my mom would say, like, you know, just go, go where you're celebrated. Don't go where you're tolerated. You know what I mean? Right, right. Um, and you're right. Yeah, you can, you can pick it up. You can sense it. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me ask you this, right? Like, you're in this role. You continue to operate a true religion. Um, you've had mad profiles. You know, this is not the first podcast you've been on. You outside, you moving around, you're rubbing elbows, all of that. I'm curious, as you think about the rest of this year in 2023, what are you most excited about when it comes to? the the work to make uh, to continue to make true religion an equitable and inclusive diverse place uh, for everybody like what like what thing and what things just are kind of happening in your space that you're you're proud of or you're excited about I'm so excited about getting out into the community we have and and honestly you know into the black community into the Hispanic community into the communities where um, you know, to the lower income communities. I have so, see my calendar. I have so many initiatives set up. Uh, We hadn't worked with high school students before. So now we're bringing them in possibly, um, you know, we're talking to the schools now to bring them in. And these are students who may or may not want to go to college. And that's absolutely fine. But they get an opportunity to work alongside someone who looks like me, who had the same background they did growing up. And, um, and, and just, 
I, I just see the excitement in their face when we're talking to them. So uh, I'm excited about getting, and not even just for true religion though, but for my team and for me, it's very, um, I just love it. Going out and talking to the kids, going out into neighborhoods that are similar to mine. Like over this, when I tell you I was at the softball game and we were talking to the kids, I saw it resonating with the kids and I talked to them about, you know, having to leave the house at five o'clock in the morning to get to school because I had to take three buses and three trains um, from the south side of Chicago to get to my high school. And then through that, I walked through some of the most horrible people, seriously, uh, you know what I'm talking about. Um, I worked, I walked through those people all day um, to get to school, but I made it and I'm here. So I want to, I'm excited about being able to go into those neighborhoods and tell the kids, yeah, guys, I know it's rough right now. You didn't choose this life. You didn't choose to live here. You didn't choose to be hungry. Um, you didn't choose to not have the clothes that um, other kids are wearing. You didn't choose it, but stay on this path because it's possible to get out. It's possible if you take one of these three paths as opposed to one of the other paths that are presented to you probably on a daily basis out in the street. So I want to tell kids that. So we have a lot of, and our employees want to do the same because they're emailing me constantly. What's next? What's next? Who are we talking to? And I love that. Um, I love that my employees get to see my black woman face, you know, sitting in my office doing these types of things. They come to me, some with tears in their eyes, mm. um, saying that they can't believe it. When we got June, this company has never had Juneteenth. When we got Juneteenth as a holiday, I literally had three employees in my office crying because they were so excited about it. And it's, I want to continue doing things like that. I want to continue to do things that make me fight back tears. Mm. Um, I want to continue to do things to show employees that um, that regardless of where I came from, I'm still humble and I want to help you to get there and I want to bring you up with me and I want to show you the, the life that I have so that maybe you can get there too or you can want it as well. And that's what I'm excited about. I love working with the kids and the women. We have um, a, a women's series coming up this, um, this summer as well because, you know, growing up, it was just me and my mom. And, you know, women, successful women were coming into my neighborhood to tell me that women can do this and they can do that. And my mom wasn't friends with people who could tell me um, that I can do the things that I'm doing now. So mm. I want to create pathways for women with children as well. So they know, yeah, you have a child and it's tough now and it's just the two of you, but you can still take this path. You can still go this way. There's still ways that uh, you can still teach your child that they can do different and better things, that they can get out of this situation. And I want to give you the tools to do that as well. So so let, let me ask you this, and, I'll, and we'll wrap up after this, is most of these organizations in corporate America, the C-suite room is overwhelmingly white. Um, you have a, a healthy percentage, I would say, folks out there trying to do something to help, again, like, move toward a more equitable workplace. They're trying to do something um, for those, now the people who are really moving in good faith and trying to do something. What like three points of advice would you give them? Uh, okay. I would uh, honestly, I would just one, make sure that um, your employees feel heard um, because when an employee, you, you know, that even you do your friendships or your romantic relationships and your family, when you feel that you're really being heard, you uh, you think that um, you, you really know that they that you're being valued. 
I think being heard and valued kind of go um, go with one another. So make one, make sure that your employees feel heard um, and make sure that they feel understood. Now, just because I hear you doesn't mean I know what you're talking about or that I care, but make sure that they feel understood. And that's like when I said, we did the survey where they gave us feedback. So we heard you and we understood you. So we took your feedback and we ran with it. So we understood. Um, so we created an action plan to help show you that we understood it and support it and make sure the employees feel supported. And by making sure they feel supported, again, what are your needs? What initiatives are you working on that you need support with? Where do you want to be um, in your career? What things are you are not making you happy in this particular workplace? And how can I support you? So I would just say, make sure that your employees feel heard, that they're understood and that they feel supported. I love that. Teresa, thank you so much for being a guest. Uh, shout out to True Religion being uh, being on the show. And um, yo, listen, the next time you see 2 chains, just like let them know about Living Corporate <laughs> so we can get on the pod. All right. Uh, Till next time, <laughs> Teresa, we'll catch you soon, okay? All right. Thanks so much. And we're back. Yo, again, I want to shout out Teresa. Thank you so much for being a guest. Shout out True Religion. Uh, this is not an ad. True Religion, can y'all send me some jeans? Can I send y'all the dimensions? Can y'all like shoot me some 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 clothes or something? Like I would like something. I don't know. I mean, something for the love. You know what I mean? Um, and also shout out 2 Chains. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, man. Great, great, great episode. Make sure you give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. If you haven't already, make sure to share this podcast with a friend. Share it with 2 Chains, actually. Share it with him. Like, Go on socials and like bless him, you know, tag him in the comments or whatever on Instagram. Let him know that we out here. You know what I mean? I actually, Teresa should probably connect. You know, I'm gonna hit up Teresa and ask me she connect me to two chains. Till next time, y'all. This has been Zach. Love y'all. Appreciate y'all. Peace. Living Corporate is a podcast by Living Corporate LLC. Our logo was designed by David Dawkins. Our theme music was produced by Ken Brown. Additional music production by Antoine Franklin for Musical Elevation. Post-production is handled by Jeremy Jackson. Got a topic suggestion? Email us at livingcorporatepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us online on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and living-corporate.com. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned.